0: Just go to Indeed.com/slash Bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Powered by Bet Rivers, we got Terrence Oglesby, Kevin Sweeney, TO, by the way, we got boots on the ground. At the Battle for Atlantis, that is not a green screen, folks. That is the real live setting. T.O., you feeling good down in Paradise?
2: I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, Three out of the four games weren't great ones, but for the most part, it's good to be around a hoop, and high-level hoop. A a lot of guys played hard. It wasn't always pretty, but uh, some basketball is better than no basketball, especially around Thanksgiving.
1: Ain't that the truth. Kevin Sweeney, you look like you're in your house, just cozied up. You just watched Northwestern lose a heartbreaker. How are we feeling?
3: Yeah, I've got uh, a flight to Portland in like T-minus nine hours, so we're fired up. We're ready to go. Uh, it's been a long, long day of basketball. I just watched two of the worst games I've seen all year in Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin-Dayton, and then Northwestern Auburn, but here we are. It's, it's it's Feast Week. It's College Hoops. Let, let's do it.
1: It's Feast Week. It's College Hoops, and it's time for our Toast of the Night, so gentlemen, grab your drinks and we will go around to toast whoever we want to toast. I'm going to start so no one can steal mine. I'm going to toast the Big Ten tonight, uh, specifically Wisconsin and Northwestern for finishing both of their final scores at 43-42. to So to low-scoring games, cheers, gentlemen. Get it out of your system now.
2: Riveting basketball there in the Big Ten. (laughs) Riveting.
1: Give credit where credit's due. T.O., what we cheers in.
2: So I'm actually going to cheers the first game of today here in Atlantis. NC State, and Kansas, it was borderline the only watchable game today. So cheers to them. There was actually offense in that game, got you fired up for the rest of the day. Only to watch Wisconsin in game two. So thank God that first one was able to hold me over for the next three games. Cheers to those two teams. That was a lot of fun.
1: Love it. Cheers.
3: And I will go with uh, my cheers is to, to Phil Knight. I know his birthday is not for a little bit, but this is his big uh, big eighty fifth bash. We're bringing sixteen great teams to the city of Portland for the next four days. So. Feast Week's been going strong. Maui's been great. It's been great to have it back at uh, Lahaina Civic Center. Um, but this is a, a tent post event in the uh, non-conference season. So happy happy birthday, Phil, and hopefully uh, hope get some good ball this weekend.
1: Phil.
2: And, che- and, ch- and oh. cheers to cheers to canned water. <laughs> Something you don't see all too often. Cheers to canned water. I'm big on canned water.
1: I love it. Well, I wonder if they have any canned water in Maui. I feel like that's a place that they would have some canned water. Championship game, Arizona-Creighton. It was actually a fantastic matchup. Arizona ends up winning by two. Tia, we'll start with uh, you. What have you seen out of Arizona and Creighton this year in regards to what their ceiling could possibly be this season?
2: Uh, I I really like this Arizona team. I'm not sure I love this Arizona team yet. Why? I, I'm not sure their depth is quite where it was last season, and the length isn't quite what it was last season. That being said, I'm a sucker for a two-big starting lineup between Omar, but below, B- 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 below, below, Bal- excuse me. I, my pronunciation and my syllables are all over the place, but that being said, uh, two big lineups. I love it. Uh, T'Belis is one heck of a player. I love how he rim- rim runs and Kirk Crease has just improved. I-, I think he has taken a step in the right direction as far as his composure is concerned. And he just continues to impress. I love this team to the second weekend, uh, just simply because, I'm not sure the depth is where it's supposed to be. A lot of people are probably going to come back at me like that. I didn't get to watch today's game all the way through. So give me a little bit of leeway there. That being said, uh, still a very talented team. And Tommy Lloyd does a terrific job with them. Mixing up, playing fast, and then slowing it down and getting some things out of your offense. Arizona's really good. Are they better than a Sweet 16 team? It's possible.
1: That ability to control pace is going to be huge, especially down the stretch. Sweeney, I know you exactly. were locked into that one. Arizona with 48 points in the paint. What did you see out of the Wildcats?
3: Yeah, I thought, you know, Ballo will be the story and he he was awesome. His ability to run the floor was really impressive. Obviously, two is known for his ability to put pressure on the defense, kind of that Gonzaga, Gonzaga style of offense where they push the bigs down the floor and, and really put pressure on you. But Ballo was just so tough. You, know, you just couldn't guard him one-on-one and Kalkbrenner as good a run protector as he is really had no answers. And so I was impressed with that. I was really impressed with the maturity uh, of Kirk Risa. This is a game, right? Like think about him last year and how up and down he was and how much big moments became more about him at times than about Arizona. And he, I think got so hyped up to try to make a big play that sometimes it hurt the team. And I just felt like it was so different today. His mentality uh, and his ability to to run the team, and, and they need that because I just felt like last year with Matherin and especially with Dale and Terry, they had a couple of guys that they could trust to kind of take the temperature down in the room a little bit with when Kerr was that. a little bit hot, and I just thought that, that Kerr was much more mature. He looked like a leader today, and I don't know that we saw that last season. Um, this seems really, really good. I think they do have Final Four upside, especially – as guys like Colin Boswell get uh, fully acclimated. And he's a reclassified kid. He was injured in a lot of the fall practice time. I think he'll be a nice bench piece for them in time. And and, and I just think they can overwhelm you in short spurts. I think that was something that was so obvious in both the San Diego State game and the Creighton game, where both those teams kept making runs, kept pushing back against Arizona. But – you can play them even for 18 minutes, but there's going to be that two-minute stretch where they blow you away for eight or a 10-0 run, and when that happens, it's just so hard to beat them. So I'm really impressed, again, to lose two first-round picks and a, a high second in Christian Coloco, who's a rotation player in the NBA right now, and be where they are is a testament to the job that, that Tommy Lloyd has done, but I just I, I just couldn't have been more uh, impressed with the way that they handled some of the highs and lows of one of the highest-intensity Situations you can be put in, in in early season college basketball in Maui.
2: How about how about Ballo's journey to having this game? Like this was a top 20 kid recruiting wise uh, coming into college. And he was spending all time playing for Mali's national team, had some great showings, goes against Gonzaga, doesn't play, comes to Arizona again and, and plays sparingly and just sticks with it. And it, dude is huge. Uh, and if you look if you look comparable to Ryan Kalkbrenner, you're a big guy. And as far as he's a walking refrigerator, as far as I'm concerned, this is a big man. Uh, But I love what you say about Kirk Uh, Reese. having other guys around him to take the temperature down last season, it looks like he's taken that step. When I refer to depth, what happens if Kirk Creason gets in foul trouble and has one of those nights, which he's been susceptible to in the past, right? Has he really taken that step from a consistency perspective to be that guy all season? That's TBD, but Kylan Boswell, I think he needs to take that step just in case Kirk Creason needs a breather. Boswell's not quite there, but he is talent.
1: I'm going to go back to Ballo for a second. 14 for 17 from the field, 13 boards, 30 points. We've talked about this is the year of the big. Where does he rank? Kevin Sweeney, we'll start with you, in regards to your top big men in the country.
3: Yeah, I think he's a tier behind the Dickinsons and the Trace Jackson Davises, obviously the Drew Timmies and the Sheeboys, because I don't think an opponent is going to build their whole game plan around Ballo. But I think that's one of the things that makes him so effective mm-hmm. is that you can't consistently throw double teams at him. Uh, you can't build your scout around him because look, you have two really good guards in Kirk Risa and Courtney Ramey. You have one of the best power forwards in the country and in, in Tubelis, who not only is really skilled, but he's also a great rebounder. And I, I just think it's going to be really hard if Arizona can get a one-on-one on the block for Ballo, Anytime they want, because he's going to be tough to stop in those situations because he is so big. He is so imposing and he's got really good skills. You know, he's got good feet and and really soft touch around the basket. And I think when you combine that, he's going to be incredibly productive for, for, for this Arizona team.
1: What about you, I think another
2: thing you look at it. I think Courtney Ramey plays a really nice role for this team, and he's not forced to do as much off the dribble as he has done in years past because they have so many other guys that can do some things for him. I thought he played terrific against San Diego State, and for him to just be out there and do what he does, like he's a bucket getter. Like his role has been simplified there at Arizona, and he has benefited because of it. Now, I'm not sure what he ended up with today against Creighton, but I thought that first game against, or not the first game, but against San Diego State, I thought he was terrific because he settled into his role, hit shots, didn't force the issue, and it's something that we didn't necessarily see all the time when he was at Texas.
1: We got Rob Doster here talking in the comments. Arizona, Houston, Texas, top three in America. Prove me wrong. Can you prove him wrong right now with that?
2: Arizona, Texas, and Hugh?
1: He said Arizona, Texas, Houston.
2: Where's Virginia in there? Virginia's got to be close. I I have no arguments against those top three right now. Right now. There's a lot of teams that are going to get better as the season goes on. A lot in the SEC, in my opinion. But it's hard to argue against those.
3: Yeah, I I had someone ask me today, you know, is Houston the favorite to win at all? And I said, look, like, I think if you play the NCAA tournament right now, Houston would be a clear favorite. And I think teams like Texas and teams like, Creighton in Arizona, and even Arkansas, who I thought played a whale of a game yesterday, had a, a great chance to win. I think those teams would be in the mix, but Houston would be the clear favorite. Today. I think they're a little bit more ready to play in, in big moments right now. They're a little bit more experienced. They understand their system, but I just think I think there's a lot of teams that could emerge and be at that level by February and March. But look, I mean, those teams have looked great. And to, ac- to accomplish what Arizona did in Maui and not to take away anything away from from. uh from, from Creighton uh, or, or from Arkansas, because always play Louisville, but like Arizona to go through Cincinnati, who might be a tournament team, then San Diego State, who's a top 20 team, and now Creighton and teams that do it in different ways. Like that's as impressive a week as you could possibly have. And they played three three teams that um, are 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 very different stylistically. Creighton can really shoot it and, and space you out and has multiple guards, can really go make plays. San Diego State is deep and physical and can really guard. Cincinnati is long and athletic and it's going to pressure you like to, to pass all of those tests really with flying colors. I mean, they controlled this game today against Creighton for the most part, they controlled that game against San Diego state for the most part. It's hard to argue that this team should be in the top five next week.
4: And to
1: your point, Kevin, Playing three games in three days is exhausting. I mean, you're in that gym. You don't have a ton of time to recover. TV time's dictating everything. You're not exactly used to Hawaiian time. So to that point, to be able to have the maturity, the chemistry, to be able to turn around and compete against different styles and accept except the scouting report, T.O., is pretty impressive.
2: Well, absolutely, and they're hard, guys. So basically, you have to rely on what you do and Arizona was able to rely on what they do because they play fast, they have huge dudes, and they use those huge dudes. And then everything is kind of filtered around them. I, I think it all comes back to point guard play, and I hate to hit the button because Jeff Goodman always hits that point guard play button, but it's it, Kirk Crease being that guy and turning into that facilitator and it, knowing the difference of when to attack as a scorer and when to attack as a playmaker I think sets them apart right now, and having that kind of – experience from last season and learning from some of his mistakes has definitely paid dividends. And
3: I think pivoting like through the rest of Maui, I think that was one of the things that made this tournament so fun was the point guard play, right? I thought Darian Tramiel showed some really good things for San Diego state. Mm -hmm. Um, Anthony black has been tremendous for Arkansas way ahead of schedule for where I thought he would be in terms of his ability to score the basketball, his ability to, Uh, make plays even without nick smith who i think will be their best player in time um and then ryan nembar who looks like he's made a leap and really this whole creighton backcourt i I think the thing that stands out to me about all of all these four teams that have really shown out in in, in maui uh is the fact that they have multiple guys who can really make plays right with arizona it's creesa and ramey two guys who have you, you could put in a point guard and you would you'd be able to you know figure it out with creighton it's Shireman, Nembhard, and, and Trey Alexander, three really good point, uh, you know, guys who could play play point, play on the ball. Even Farabella, who, who did that some at CCU. With Arkansas, it's council, uh, and, and Anthony Black and eventually Nick Smith. And then San Diego State with guys like Tremel and um, you know, some of the, the Matt Bradley, who's not necessarily a point guard but can be ball dominant. Like all these teams have multiple dudes who can obviously go get a shot, but who can make good decisions with the basketball. And I think that's why these games were so high level. And it's why all four of these teams, I think, have a chance to be very, very good. Second weekend or better type teams uh, come March.
1: I do want to take a moment to talk about Creighton because they really impressed me watching them throughout this tournament as well. You mentioned how great that backcourt's been. Then you have the front court with Cockburner as well. To me, they're a pretty complete team for this time of year i mean we're three weeks into the season and it only takes teams a lot of time to get that type of chemistry i was impressed with how hard they play with the ability to get into the lane at times and kick out to open shooters what right now is the most impressive thing about creighton and what do they need to improve in order to make that run in the big east to
2: i think the biggest thing is how quickly baylor shireman has just fit right in I mean, like a glove. They had Ryan Hawkins there last year. Baylor Shireman's a better version of him. Probably not as big, but he's rebounded really well. And and I think when Ryan Embard went out last year with the injury in February, Trey Alexander being on the ball for the duration or the rest of the season after that, I think only benefited him. And so he, you see, he's, a long guard who can play with the the ball, without the ball. They have so many different guys, and you guys alluded to it, the multiple guards that can handle and make decisions, right? You look back a couple years ago with Baylor, one of the best teams that college basketball has ever seen, in my opinion. Multiple guys that could break down a defense, get past that first line, then make decisions, and they can all make shots. And then at the end of the shot clock, you have a guy in Arthur Kaluma who can make things happen. He can get his own look with five. Five seconds to go on the shot clock. I think that's significant. Now he was slipping and sliding all over the court today. I think there was some do. There was some serious do on that court. Once the due situation is figured out, I think he's going to be a lot more effective for him because I he's a big, strong kid who can shoot over the top. He's got a nice looking shot. Like he's somebody that you need that guy because when you get to the NCAA tournament, you get to the conference tournament, you're so well scouted at that point. It comes down to one-on-one playmaking. He gives you that element as well. They are just so multidimensional in how they can attack you offensively. And you know with Kalkbrenner defensively, they're going to be as good as anybody because they can get up in pressure knowing that he's back there behind.
3: Yeah, I thought I, – I, I, I love Shireman. I mean, I think – I think of him almost as, like, the best connective tissue piece in the country where he's the thing that makes it all come together. He doesn't need the ball in his hands to make plays. He's not a guy that uh, is going to have to take 10 shots every game. But, like, the ball keeps moving. It it doesn't stick with him. Uh, He can guard multiple positions. He's big and physical enough to rebound up a spot.
2: Um, And he can shoot it from deep. I mean, he's not – Dude, he hit one from the mouth. Yes, From the mouth, not the full Maui, but he hit it from the mouth. Like there was one shot and dude, you, you knock one down from the mouth. You are a serious dude. He, you know, when you're a shooter, when you can ball fake from, you see where that T is right behind me. (laughs) You can ball fake from the T and dudes bite. Like he was unbelievable. He ball faked from almost a jump circle. Guy bit, he drives by, makes a play next play down. I'm like, that was a crazy. And he shot it from there and made it. And that thing like, gets out of his hand in a incredible.
3: hurry, too. Gets out of his hand in a hurry.
2: I think the mm-hmm. one thing you worry
3: about with Creighton is their depth. I'm talking about with Arizona. Like, That's Brian Kalkbrenner this week, three games in three days, plays 30, 38, and 35 minutes. Right? Like, is that sustainable? I mean, he looked like physically ill at points during this this Arizona game today. I mean, <laughs> I, I I just worry. I, I think three Fred games in three days,
1: Sweeney. Three yeah, games in three
3: days. I get Fred, like, like, Fred King uh is super talented and i i think in the moments he's gotten on the floor you see the upside with him yeah but i hope he can eat 10 15 minutes a game come conference play maybe in the NCAA tournament you're gonna need to to play 30 35 a night but like i don't think this can become habit that he's playing 32 33 34 i mean that's a ton for a big especially uh a guy who's um you know asked to do so much on both ends of the floor as Kalkbrenner is.
2: so And he's had uh, some injury history.
3: Yes, has had some injuries as well. So I think they're okay in the backcourt depth-wise because I think Farabello can just kind of come in and spell whoever wants to take st- t- take a breather and I also think Sharif Mitchell will help them in time. Yep, but I am yep. a little bit concerned at that four and the five spot, especially with Kalkbrenner, can they just get him off his feet for a few minutes every half?
1: Going to be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Let's stay right now in Maui. Let's talk about the other game that went down between Ohio state, Texas tech, Ohio state comes out on top. How about justice suing 33 points, a career high. He's from Hawaii. He got to do that in front of his family. He scored in a variety of ways. And look, this is a guy that was injured the last couple of years and was able to kind of come out and really make a name for himself. And it's going to fit in lovely into this Ohio state defense. Kevin.
3: I mean, put 80 points on Texas tech and Mark Adams. That's a statement. I mean, they they were awesome offensively today. Obviously, suing was great, and he was so much more assertive than I think I've seen him really ever. I thought maybe a cal a couple times he was able to do that, but he's always been just kind of a a second, a third option, a guy who defends and makes plays and is opportunistic. And I just felt like today in the second half, he wouldn't let him lose. And you know, driving the basketball hard, getting fouled. Um, you know, he had five assists and one turnover, too, which is awesome. When you have a guy who Who's as good as Justice Sewing is, and then you have two freshmen playing as well and as mature as Bryce Sensibaugh and Bruce Thornton are. Like that's 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 a really good team. Now they could be re- way better in, in March. Like Bruce Thornton's a freshman; he's built like a senior. Like if you looked at Bruce Thornton, you would you would not think in any way that that kid is in his first two two weeks of college basketball. He played thirty nine minutes against Texas Tech's defense a defense that is known for forcing turnovers, known for creating havoc. He turned the ball over two times. Like that is awesome for, for a young point guard. And I think coming into the year, you started, you kind of wonder with them would likely be the full-time point guard. He's such a versatile, unique player, but he's not a guy that you really want dominating the basketball. And for Bruce Thornton, a freshman to navigate Texas tech on, in three, on the third game in three days, the way that Bruce Thornton did, I, I was really impressed. So to have him and the scoring pop that Sensabaugh brings, those guys are going to continue to get better. You have suing, you have the toughness with Key on the inside, shooting with, with Sean McNeil. This team is very complete. We'll see if they guard. I know that's been a problem in the past, and I didn't think they were great today on that end of the floor. But offensively, they are going to be a nightmare to try to guard.
1: Bruce has seen see like a running back, by the way. Anytime I look, yeah, on- I was going to say yeah. he could be playing Does he look like a running back?
2: Yeah, that's what They're I was going to say. They're banged
3: up there. They could, they could use him, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, he looks like a running back. The one that's impressed me, I, Suing's obviously great. I, I I feel like I saw him play the ukulele like 30 times because that just seemed to be a thing that they kept running and running and running. But, uh, no, good for him. Athletic, left, can get to the rim. If you have a guy that can really attack off the bounce or within one or two dribbles, that's the kind of guy that can give Texas Tech and that no middle defense some trouble. Uh, so there – that's obviously why he goes for 33, right? Because he can make things happen quick, doesn't take a lot of time with the ball, and he attacks right away. The other guys, I, I feel like Ohio states they're in that, that tier where I, I feel like that's a team in the Big Ten that's going to get better because of that youth. And I, I think Bryce Sensenbaugh is a dude. Like, he has really worked on his body. He's he's lost some weight. He's able to – he's explosive. He can create off the bounce. Like – he has turned into a dude. He was a top 50 pro- prospect coming out of high school. I saw him play. He was a little – I'm not going to say the word overweight. That's not the right. But he was a little soft compared to what he is now. And he is – his body looks great. He's trimmed down a little bit. And he has gained some explosiveness as a result. And he's just blossomed. I, I mean, that that team, as the season goes on, Ohio State, I'm looking at them, you know, are they at their best in January? I don't know. Are, are they at their best in – if they can continue to get better, I feel like that team is a top five or six team in the Big Ten.
1: If they're going to get better, though, Key has to be better than two for five because he's the type of player who Ohio State seems to want to really incorporate and be, have a huge identity within the offense. And he just hasn't quite been able to establish himself as that guy yet, Kevin.
3: Yeah, I thought he struggled with length, especially a guy like Bacho, who's super long and super mobile. I thought that was a problem for him. And again, it doesn't get easier in the big 10. I mean, you talk about the the lanes.
1: I mean, you're going against some of the best bigs in the country.
3: Absolutely. I mean, key is key is really physical. He's really tough, but I I don't know that this team's identity is going to be playing through the post. I think, I I think in time, you're going to see that their their ability to to play four out one and space it out and then attack off the bounce and, and attack closeouts is going to be really, really dangerous. And I'll also say this, like, Buckeye fans better enjoy Bryce Senspaugh because he's not going to be there long. Like that kid, that kid's a one and done. He, he's on the malachi Branham trajectory where like today he plays 12 minutes and you're like, this kid's way more talented than playing 12 minutes. Um, but like by January, he's going to be giving him 15 points a game a night and the mock drafts are going to start flying in and uh, he's 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 not going to be long for Columbus because that kid, I think a pro.
1: 12 minutes, 10 points in that amount of time. You're exactly right. My one concern for these four teams that we've talked about so far is the lack of depth. And I know you guys have brought that up. But look, Texas Tech played six players for double-digit minutes, as did Ohio State, as did Creighton. So is that more so a product of it being early in the season and coaches still trying to figure things out? Or do these teams truly lack depth, T.O.?
2: I think some of these coaches in these high-level tournaments don't quite trust their young guys yet, so I think it has a lot to do with that. Like, Mark Adams has some talent in his freshman class, and he is not quite ready to let those guys go yet, right? I think that's a big part of it. And and this is obviously when your reputation's made. This is why the Big Ten gets so many teams in the tournament every year because they play really well in November and December. Uh, how many teams made the tournament last year, Sweeney? Do you know? From which league? Big, big, ten. Ten? Well,
3: big 10. Big
2: 10 was nine. Yeah. Nine. How many got beat in the first round?
3: Seven. I think, uh, six or seven. Yeah. OK, so seven. there
2: goes my point right there. Just more on the Big 10 slander. But but just because these guys is this yeah, is okay. when they develop their reputation going into the tournament. They play really well in November, December. However, some of these teams in these bigger tournaments, they're a little more apprehensive to put their freshmen in. Right. So I think that's a big part of it.
1: Uh, do you and Jim Beheim have a Big Ten slander? Now, I mean, I, I
2: play in the ACC, and I'm just sick of the ACC. I'm just saying, steam, so like I'm coming ACC, out spewing does, venom. Does, the venom does the is ACC coming. Do have a
1: secret troll meeting once a week? Who brings the snacks? What's the time schedule? Is there a leader within all this? Is the real question? Let me let
2: me guarantee you, you, you one to? thing: Beheim does not share his snacks. He's yeah. not he's not not a big share guy. That
1: doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Well, you know what, T.O.? We'll amuse you. We'll keep talking about the ACC. We're going to go right to where you are. As I mentioned, boots on the ground, battle for Atlantis, Kansas-NC State, which actually ended up being a pretty good game. NC State, you were really impressed with why.
2: Yeah. Well, multiple guards that can make plays. I think Jarkel Joyner, the Ole Miss transfer, was a terrific addition. Uh, This guy is good off the bounce. He's extremely quick. He fits their defensive scheme really well because he gets up and pressures the basketball Uh, And to go along with Terquavio Smith, who we all know is a bucket, and he has this alpha dog mentality, especially when the games get close. Uh, They're interesting this year. Why? Because I, I feel like DJ Burns doesn't fit that typical... Uh, shot-blocking big that NC State typically has in the middle. So what they're doing is they're extending out full court pressure. Once teams break past half court, they're not up in the passing lanes this season. They're down in the gaps. So they're protecting their bigs a little bit more and not putting them in positions to where they need to block shots. And it's actually helped their defense in forcing teams to shoot over the top. Kansas right now, Grady Dick went bananas. Outside of that, did they really shoot it all that well? If Grady Dick doesn't have that first half, I think NC State's winning going into the break. And it's a team that they're athletic, they have scoring, and they have guys that fit alongside those two ball-dominant guards. Casey Marcel, uh wasn't great last year. He's stepping in. He's finally finding his rhythm with extended minutes. Uh, Jack Clark, a LaSalle transfer, six doesn't need the ball to really be effective, kind of a piece. And DJ Burns, when you play slower opponents that like to play in the half court, that's when he's going to benefit the most this NC they're versatile and how they can score they're still going to get up and pressure you I feel like this is a redemption tour of sorts uh, with the Wolfpack, knowing what they had coming into the season last year they lost Manny Bates early it was a struggle this year they knew what they were going to have they adjusted their defense accordingly and I'll, I'll be honest Kansas looked good NC State looked much better this season I thought it was a very good showing by the Wolfpack.
3: yeah I, I thought that um NC State last year if they had gotten punched in the mouth rolling into halftime the way that uh, NC state did in this game where Kansas kind of hit the flurry of threes, they stretched the lead to eight. um, They would have rolled over and lost the game by 25. And Mm -hmm. I just thought there was a little bit different resolve and a little bit different fight with this group, maybe a little bit maturity. um, But there there was a belief that they could win that game. And, And we were talking off air. I think this, this NC state team reminds me a little bit of Miami a season ago where Yes, they're not perfect. Maybe they're maybe you don't necessarily trust their big guys, but they've got multiple guards who can really hurt you off the bounce, and especially in tournament settings, that's very, very dangerous. I think the one area that they maybe don't compare with Miami is Miami had a point guard in Charlie Moore, who you could trust to make pretty good decisions late in games, and I thought that really showed in February and March. When they were in games they had to have, they were um, mature enough to make good decisions, even though those guys are naturally volatile, right? Like guys who can go get one are going to sometimes take shots that make you scratch your head. And Miami was that way. But I felt like in March they limited those uh, ill-advised attempts and and were smart with it. And I, I don't know that NC state necessarily has that unless guys grow up here down the stretch as we get into conference play. Um, but I think stylistically this team can do a lot of the things that m- made Miami dangerous where you know, it's just hard to guard when you have multiple guys who can go get one, and there might not be a better guy at just clearing out and going to get going and getting a shot in the country than Turquavian than Smith. He really, really dynamic, really, really explosive, and he, he wouldn't let them lose down the stretch. Made made a ton of really really good plays to get them, you know, to the free throw line, keep them in that ball game in the final four minutes, and just didn't have quite enough down the wire to beat a very good, very
2: good Kansas team. You talk can, about- can I can I argue with you for a second there when it went with Miami I think the biggest I'm sorry for cutting you off Megan We're, we, this is oh, our rude. first time working together so I yeah, yeah rude. rude guy in our Ru- first fight yeah yeah rude guy over here uh no but I Naga does a really nice job of putting Isaiah Wong in spots to get to his strong hand uh, NC State's just swinging the ball and hoping like there's got to be some kind of Way to get Terquavio Smith the ball in a position to where he can attack right away. I understand he wants the ball in his hand so he can just go. But the difference between those two teams right now is whenever Kansas State, whenever North Carolina State needed a bucket. It was just like one-on-one, let's just figure it out. Whenever Miami needs a bucket, they're setting something up for Isaiah Wong to get to his right hand. They know his strengths. They know his spots. Turquoise he's a bit of a conundrum because he does so much good with his erratic play that it's like, well, I just got to let him go. What do you do when it's crunch time and you need one? What position do you put him in? I think NC State needs to figure that out.
1: The other thing they have to figure out, in my opinion, is – you have the playmakers, right? You know you have guys you can get the ball in their hands and they can go get a play for you. But do you have that consistent facilitator? Eight assists on 24-made buckets, you're just simply, in the length of a season, not going to win very many games when you don't have somebody who can constantly get out there and facilitate, even if it's as a team, right, you
2: Yeah, but then again, you go back, that's kind of like Miami, too. Like, they're not a high assist team. And if you have guys that can go get it, more power to you, it's just... Over the course of the season, I think it's hard. So I agree with you. I'd, I'd love to see that ball pop, or, pop a little bit more, guys get into the paint and spray out. That's where uh, Casey Morcel and, and Jack Clark can benefit. But even when they got the ball to DJ Burns, I mean, it's put it on the deck, back down, back down, almost Barkley-esque. Like, he caught a post-up out to the three-point line, just backed his big butt into the block and then shot a hook shot. Like, they're not a big assist team because of that style of play. Is it sustainable? I guess when you have dudes... And they have some dudes, so it's kind of hard to argue.
1: Dudes, can you argue with that, Kevin Sweeney?
3: Yeah, no, no nothing more to add than than Tio's take about dudes. Yeah. Don't don't I argue rest, with. Dude. I rest
1: my case. <laughs> hey, let's let's switch the script here to Kansas. Uh, Grady Dick's one of my favorite players to watch in the country because not only is he a shooter, but I think he's explosive in transition. He does a lot of different things. He's multifaceted. Uh, 25 points tonight, six for 12 from three. I mean, as a freshman, look, you can say you're a shooter all you want, but to actually go out and perform against a good NC State team, you got to actually make shots. You can be a shooter, but are you a maker? Why has Grady Dick been so good this year for Kansas, Kevin?
3: I, I think because he doesn't force a lot, mm-hmm. right? I think with, with freshmen, it's natural to to press when when things aren't necessarily going your way. And I thought in the Champions Classic game, they played against Duke. That was a great example of him playing with maturity beyond his years and just making good decisions. They even took him out of the game for, for some key stretches and he didn't pow, he came in, he made the next shot and it was a huge shot, the, the one in the game. He can obviously get hot. He has a super high release point and it's just going to be very difficult to block his shot. I know he had one get knocked, uh, knocked down in, in this game, but for the most part, like, that dude is going to get it out fast and it's going to be over your head before you, before you know it. I just think, he's, go ahead, T.O. What you got?
2: He's a dude.
3: Yeah. He, another dude. Another, Definition. another guy that Jayhawk fans should enjoy while they have, because I don't do not assume that he would be there for, for more than one year, but he's, he's okay. a great shooter, ball mover, he fits into Kansas' identity, I think, really, really well. And I think, especially for this team, because they don't have that post presence that I think Kansas teams are used to having. They're playing a little bit more five-out with KJ Adams and his ability to bring energy and be a screener. But you're not you're not throwing it on the block. I think the ability to have a guy who is open and ready to shoot at any given time, when everyone else is able to penetrate and drive and kick, I think that's super. Valuable uh for, for this offense and, and Grady's really fit in like a glove
2: I'm glad you asked I'm glad you asked the, you asked the best by shooter. The way. I'm glad you asked the best shooter first, Kevin Sweeney, absolute knockdown <laughs> shooter. Uh but no, he's a, he's absolutely right. Uh he he doesn't force the issue. And another thing too is it's he's always on balance. He's never rushed, he's never fading away, he's very disciplined with his shot. And couple that with his really high release point, and at six six ish, I've seen him, seen him walking through the casino. He's six six. I think they haven't listed at six seven. That's generous. That's a generous <laughs> measurement. But uh, he You're gonna break release- out a
1: ruler, see what tape measure, see him in the casino. Yeah,
2: like, that you. would that. for a second. Yeah, hey dude, uh, pull over for a second. Let me get. Yeah. Let, uh, but anyway, long story short, uh, always on balance, high release point, and he, he doesn't force the issue, and he's always moving. And not only is he moving, he's staying disciplined off the ball, meaning whenever somebody drives, he he's there ready to shoot it right away. And the fact that he is so much bigger than a lot of the guys that guard him uh, obviously helps. And you say he might not be there for a long time. I I could certainly understand that he can he can shoot the basketball. But uh, I think he would actually benefit more at the next level when there's even more space. Uh, because of that high release point. Uh, is there Kyle Corver in his game? I don't That's know. That's what I
1: was about to say. You just took it out of my mouth.
2: You know what? I'm, I'm so sorry about that. I actually think he looks and plays very similar with the ball in his hands to Kyle Singler, how he used to do it. I mean, almost looks similar. And I played against Kyle when he was at Duke. Uh, very similar in how they attack in the open floor, how they're setting themselves up. Uh, Singler wasn't the shooter that Grady Dick is, but uh, very, still very similar in their approach.
1: Uh, Dick's ability to, again, understand spacing on the floor when you have drivers going to the basket, he's sliding, but he's a freshman and this is such a faster pace than AAU or high school. And he's already able to catch up to that level and perform at the level that he is performing at. I think he's been wildly impressive. He's my pick right now for freshman of the year, Uh, Kansas as a whole right now, Kevin, what's their trajectory for you after seeing what they've done so far in this tournament?
3: They, they just find ways to win. I mean, it's the same thing with the Champions Classic game. Like, I don't think they've played their best game yet. They've been through some some battles. They didn't play great against Southern Utah last week. But there's just, again, I think uh, an understanding of what it takes to win at the highest level. And that's when you have Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCullough, D- Dewan Harris back. And I think Dick, to his credit, is really, really mature and, and fits into that mold. I mean, he's a winning player without question. So, I, I just think they're they're very polished to know how to. I, I think it will be interesting to see how they're able to score against high level Big Twelve defenses who don't necessarily have to guard Dewan Harris from deep and don't have to worry about uh, interior post threat, right? Teams that are super long and super athletic. I wonder how consistently consistently they'll be able to score when you can sag off the point guard. And you don't have to fear that Kansas big man presence of David McCormick and a duck bouquet, you know, the list goes on and on. I think that's the one thing that maybe holds me back with this group, but the way that Jalen Wilson has scored the ball has been a revelation. I did not think he would make this level of a jump as a scorer and his ability to go get one at all three levels. Uh, and then obviously Dick and McCuller are great secondary options as well.
2: Why is he not better shooter? j I like I can't figure it out. It looks J-Lo good J-Lo. coming off too. It looks yeah. great coming off his hand. He's got pretty good balance, like elbows in the whole nine. It's like it, it just doesn't go in. It's the it's the craziest thing I, I think I've seen. What did he go 0 for 7 in the Champions Classic? I think he was 2 for something today. He could, got a lot of shots up. Uh, I think his aggressiveness and his physicality at the forward spot helps. Uh, Artis Uday, I think, could develop into that next big Right, but I, I like KJ Adams at the five, and it gives you play-calling flexibility. Yeah, like with different five men, one guy that facilitates more so on the outside, another guy that functions better on the interior, and depending on who's in there, that obviously helps things. But Dewan Harris, man, people don't appreciate that kid enough. Yeah. Like he's guarding his tail off. He makes shots around the rim. That there's a couple of floaters and stuff, guys. Like he had no business making. And for some reason, he is just crafty around that around the rim and just finds ways to score. And he's an excellent passer as well. They just move the ball. It helps when you've had a coaching staff that's been together for a long time that helped Bill Self while he was not there. But any Bill Self coach team is just going to find a way to win. I mean, I I had a conversation with somebody earlier today, whichever team, if talent's comparable, whichever team is able to find easier shots consistently, is typically the team that wins. NC state made a lot of tough shots. Kansas just kind of found ways to find catch and shoot opportunities, how to use pick and roll to get some floaters. Like, I think that was the biggest difference when it came down to it.
1: Uh, you know, a team that couldn't really make shots today were neither Wisconsin nor Dayton. that was a 43, 42 final score, final score. Gentlemen, uh, Northwestern and Auburn also ended up having that exact final score as well so the two lowest scores in Division 1 basketball so far this season. Uh, Wisconsin though, TO still finds a way to win. Now what are they doing? How are they doing it?
2: Nobody knows, Meg. Nobody I mean- knows. It, it it was such a it, it got loud in the GM. and one of the reasons it got loud is because it was such a relief when neither team scored. Yeah, like it, it was unbelievable. It was not pretty. And and after coming at the, Kansas and NC State, like that was a high flying up and down game. But give credit to Greg Gard. I I'm hating a little bit. I get it. But like he he find you want to talk about finding a way to win. Like that was a grubby game. They kept finding ways. Uh Chucky Hepburn was fine. Like their whole team was just fine, but they just keep finding a way. And a win's a win. Ugly wins better than a pretty loss. That's for sure, and Dayton will attest to that. But Dayton, they have some guards. They're small. uh, They have some bigs that will be okay, I think, in the A-10. But I I think all in all, uh, Wisconsin was just a little bit better. Uh, And that that was hard for me to say. But it was just they had some guys that could make some things happen, but it was an ugly game all around. And it kind of took the air uh, out of my my sails because I was really excited after game one, and then I almost fell asleep in game two. And I was courtside.
1: Oh well, in that case, it's a massive game. Well, for Dayton, it's hard. It's hard to win games, and you have 17 turnovers, Sweeney.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. I I thought it's funny. Like, if you swapped the jerseys and you just said, like, here's there's one team here that's a Big Ten high major team, uh, and there's one here that's like this plucky a10 team that has a chance to be really good. You would assume that the high major team was Dayton, right? They're big. They're big and athletic up front. Um, They're quick. Their guards are quick. I, I just think like, you know, Wisconsin, like Wisconsin's ready to grind there. But I, I just think Wisconsin was more prepared to play a game like this and Wisconsin to give Greg Gard credit. Like this is all part of the plan. Like they don't want to play 43, 42, but they're comfortable in a slog. Like they're fine playing a game like at, at this tempo that is a grinded out finish. And I, I do think they're going to need to be better. Um, I think, Right now, there's just not a whole lot of space for Tyler Wall to operate. And he's so important to their offense because he can really pass. Like, they're two big, Wall and Crowell, can both really, really pass. And I think that last year, there was so many opportunities to do that because you had to pay so much attention to Johnny Davis. And they don't, they don't have a guy that you really have to worry about like that in the backcourt. And that, I think, is really bogged down their offense. But... The the freshman Connor Asesian is really, really solid. Like he is going to be a pest in the Big Ten for for four years and be a really good player for them. Uh, They're going to need him to score the ball consistently because they just don't have a lot otherwise. Like Klezman is tough and can make threes, but he's not a guy you really want to call his number. Uh, You know, Hepburn, again, I love Chucky Hepburn. He's tough as nails. He's a consummate point guard but he's not Johnny Davis, right? He's not a guy who's going to get 18 or 20 in a game. So they really need guys like a to take the pressure off a little bit of, of wall and crown,
2: and give them room to operate. So a reminded me a little bit. Now he didn't make shots, but his movements, how he shot it. Poor man's Kyle guy. Okay, Poor man. Poor man's Kyle guy, how he moved, how he looked for his own shot. Like, I think he was player of the game. And what he shoot two of 13 or something like that, <laughs> Like or three of 14 or something like Hunts his own shot. He's going to be a really good player in time. He's got to find a way to be more efficient. That offense in general needs to find a way to be more efficient. I think it comes down to a season and uh, Klezman. I, those guys need to hit shots to space it out for Crawl and some in Hepburn to be able to operate. Like, you got to have other guys that make shots in order for that to run smoothly.
1: Give Wisconsin credit down the stretch. Defensively, they were able to hold a big block there at the end. didn't allow Dayton to have a good look at the basket to finish it out. So that's going to be huge down the stretch as well. Uh, let's move on to uh, Southern Cal BYU. USC wins 82-76. Peterson finishes with 16 points, 6 for 12 from the field. Uh, what does he do well he specifically in- for this Trojans team?
2: Yeah, sorry. I, he was impressive today. And he, he you want to talk about a motor mouth? He talked the entire game. <laughs> he was talking to his teammates. He was talking to his coaches. He was talking to the refs. He was talking to himself. He never stopped talking on offense, on defense, during timeouts, commercial breaks, bathroom runs. Like, he kept going the entire time. The guy was unbelievable. And what makes him special is at 6'9", he passes the ball so well. And he gets into the paint. He's got a funky jump shot. It comes off the the, the heel of his hand. Like, it, it, it he hangs on to it too long. But, man, is he effective. And he's big enough to rebound. And he knows where everybody's supposed to be all the time. And I thought Boogie Ellis was terrific today. But I think the Boogie Ellis-Drew Peterson thing works really well because Boogie's more of, like, score-first type of guy. Uh, Peterson is more willing to let things come to him and find open guys and get into the gaps and find ways to pitch out to other players. And that, it, it kind of offsets itself and works really well. But man, his versatility, I thought was really cool. Really impressed. He's a, He's got a narrow build and he moves kind of funny. <laughs> like, I don't know how to say that nicely. He just moves like different. He's a bit unorthodox, but man, he's so smart and he puts passes on a dime, man. Really impressive kid.
1: Six assists, massive to have a big that can pass like that. I think about a lot of those Purdue teams that had great pass, like Trayvon Williams who can just get the ball out to shooters on the outside. Sweeney, what did you think?
3: Yeah. Peterson's awesome. They're going to awesome. need consistency from Boogie Ellis. if so They're going to have a chance to be an NCAA tournament team and they're going to need someone to step up and make shots because Peterson is great because he can drive and kick. You can post him up. He, he can do so many different things, but this team just does not have a lot of shooting, right? And at least if they had had Vincey Wachuku, who's a five-star kid they had brought in, he had a heart issue in the summer, he's out for the year. They had him, they could have really made their identity on defense and putting pressure on the rim uh, offensively by, by throwing lobs and, and attacking the basket. I think they could have had a different identity. Uh, If that was the case, but they don't really have that like Josh Morgan's solid, but he's, I don't, I don't think of him as a, as a huge difference maker, especially in the PAC 12. And, you know, they're, they're under 30% as a team this year from three, they take very few threes like today, they only took 10. Um, mm-hmm. They need Reese Waters to make shots consistently. And they need one of these younger guards, you know, a guy like Kobe Johnson, potentially uh, the combo forward kid, Trey White, who I think is not necessarily known as a shooter. 21, a 22, player.
2: 22. Yeah. He
3: was a nice player. I, he's I a nice to... piece, but they he's got to make shots. They need somebody, they need guys who can make threes because otherwise the court is going to get tight in a hurry. And I don't think they have enough to, to overcome that in the Pac 12.
2: He was a nice player. I, I talked to several NBA scouts, said he, he impressed today. Big body got to the cup a little bit. Played within himself. I I thought he was a nice player. Can he hit shots? That's obviously huge.
1: How do you think this USC team matches up against Arizona?
2: They don't. Yeah, they need more. They need more. They need help.
3: Uh, I I don't know that anyone other than UCLA has the pieces in the pac Maybe Oregon. Oregon will see this weekend.
4: Mm. Um,
3: you know they get a huge test. I thought they played pretty well against Houston. Um, on Sunday they battled and, and kind of kept coming in waves, even though Houston. Uh, pushed and pushed and tried to put it out of reach. I thought Oregon battle will seal out with them this weekend, but I think talent-wise Arizona is on another level than anyone other than UCLA and, and Oregon. And, and quite frankly, I think if you, you I'd say UCLA was the favorite in the preseason. I think after the, the first couple of weeks, I lean towards Arizona just because I think they have more answers. And I think that Amari uh, Bailey struggles as a scorer, I think really limit UCLA's ceiling offensively in a way that, Arizona, it's not necessarily capped because they have so many options in their starting five to go beat you.
1: Uh, let's go to the SEC. We've given a lot of love to the Pac-12. Let's let let's get into this. Uh, Rick Barnes' team, six in Ken Palm, looked like it tonight, 71-45 over Butler. Uh, what does this Tennessee team do so well that's going to give teams trouble down the stretch, Kevin?
3: I mean, they're just massive. Like... <laughs> Like the, the Jemima Shaq kid that they bring off the bench, he's listed, I believe it's 6'4", 200 pounds. There is no chance that kid is 6'4", 200. He's like insanely long arms. Uh, he like he looks like an NBA athlete. He's still got to come along with his game, but they just have dudes at every spot. Like uh, Olivier Kamu is gigantic, 6'9", 240, chiseled. Uh, Plavsic is one of the like largest humans you'll see in college basketball. Right, even the freshman Julian Phillips has again an NBA body, six eight, long, athletic. They just come at you with bodies, and I think they overwhelmed Butler, and, yeah. and Butler just couldn't score. And I think that that's something that they'll be able to do even at the highest level. Again, SEC teams tend to be a little bit more, a little bit bigger, a little more athletic. I think they they won't be able to do that to SEC teams the same way they did to Butler. But if this team can find a way to get good enough guard play. And they showed it in that uh, in, in that tennis uh, the Gonzaga game. They play as a charity exhibition. It hasn't been great so far this season. Z- Ziegler really struggled. He got benched uh, because of it um, to today. I just, I, I thought it was just okay um, in the backcourt. I, I didn't think anyone really stood out. Like I, I love Santiago Vescovi, but like, is he the type of guard that brings you to a final four? I'm not sure he is. And if, if he's not, then I think someone like Ziggler really needs to step up and just be solid and consistent.
2: They need to find somebody that, get, that gets them easy shots. I think Kennedy Chandler, uh, we all realized how good he was. I, 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 they're missing him this year because last season, if there was a made basket, Kennedy Chandler had it at the, the opponent's elbow as quick as anybody. And that's whenever they function the best. Now, if Ziegler's not in there, they don't have anybody with that type of speed to get it there to initiate their offense that far down the floor. And that's a big part for Rick Barnes. Have a small guard, TJ Ford, Terrell McIntyre. uh, Kid who just got drafted, brain fart, forgot. It doesn't matter. Kennedy Chandler. Kennedy Chandler. You're able to get somebody extremely fast all the way down the floor to that elbow. Then you're playing against a defense that's already sunk in, and then you can move the ball quicker. Right. So I think that's the big portion of it. Uh, Where do they get their offense? Vescovy, he's too slow. I'm just going to throw it out there. He he, he is way too slow and he doesn't do he doesn't just run slow. He does everything slow. As soon as if he has his feet set, he can get a shot off quick enough. But he is now one a on the opponent's scouting report. And I'm not really sure he can get anywhere off the dribble. I think that's a hard part for him. And without Kennedy Chandler in the mix, he's having a hard time finding easy shots. By the end of the game today against Butler, they just beat the heck out of Butler, and they just got so tired, they quit chasing everything. And that's when Vescovy was able to hit his three threes. Uh, I will say this, and I'm biased to Julia Phillips, that dude's a stud. And I coached the kid when he was in high school during AAU season, but man, he can score it in so many different ways. He was a guy that kind of spurred on Tennessee's big run. He's a guy that can create something for him. He's a guy who can create for himself. He's got that ability, that explosiveness. He's stronger than he looks. And and who's going to be that guy for them? I thought Tyreek Key could be that guy in spots, but offense just seems difficult at this point. And with that wear down effect, uh, whenever you get to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, that's when it's hard right? Like you have to have somebody to create something easy for their teammates.
1: Uh, Kevin Sweeney, you have been very anxious to talk about Georgetown American and the battle uh, for the DMV American comes with a 74 70 win over Georgetown. Is this the beginning of the end for Ewing?
3: yeah it felt like rock bottom, right? I mean, Oof. to lose right? at home to American, right. the The, the, the tiny school in DC. The, you you know, tra- literally faculty. you
1: drive by it, it. You think you're just kind of going by a church. Like it is so <laughs> small, that you don't even realize that it is a university.
3: Yeah. yeah. Again, I think picked in the bottom half of the Patriot League. Like the, the the this has to be this has to be it for Patrick Ewing, and he's given a ton to Georgetown. Georgetown would not be Georgetown without Patrick Ewing, but. For them to be this bad and them to be this out coached, and I'll say it like they've been outscored in the second half by 69 points in the last four games. To Northwestern, Loyola, Marymount, LaSalle, and American. They got blown away in the second half by Northwestern. They lost the second half by, like I think, 28 points against Loyola, Marymount. In the game, they led big early and lost by 18. Um, they blew a 25-point lead against LaSalle. Uh, and then today, they blew a 10-point halftime lead and lost by four. That, that's, that's a clear sign you're getting out coached. And last year, I I almost understood them being as bad as they were last year, because last year they just weren't in a good place roster wise. And you could say, okay, look, you know, we fight. We cleaned house with the staff. We brought in younger guys who could go recruit. We brought in new players. We brought in talented players. Like I know Brandon Murray didn't play, but who does Wahab? They still have enough to be. They have enough to be they have enough to be competitive in the Big East. They don't have enough to win the, the, win the league or maybe even go to the NCAA tournament, but this team should be competitive night in night out at a high, at the high major level with the talent that they have right now. And the fact that it feels like same old, same old, the fact that they haven't shown improvement, the fact that they don't seem to fight or care about the Georgetown Jersey. Like this is a proud program.
4: Mm-hmm. And they
3: rolled over. They got rolled in the second half by America. They got rolled in the second half by Northwestern on their home court. Like, I I know it's going to be really hard. This divorce is going to be really hard, but, like, at some point, like, there needs to be, I think, enough self-awareness with Patrick to know, like, you care about this place so much. You want nothing more than Georgetown to be great. At some point, you got to realize you're not the one to do it. And I I think today has to be the sign, like, this can't go anywhere. And it's going to be – like. I I think he needs to make the decision for Georgetown because it's just going to be so much more difficult if Georgetown's AD or Georgetown's president has to walk in the room. I know it's hard. I don't know that he'll do it, but I just think you can't watch that game today and and not feel like something has to change. And again, like this place matters to him. And I think if it matters as much as it seems to to him, that he'd understand like this is not my – Ship to turn around at this point. We need to bring in some new blood, bring in some new energy because they're 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 just in over their head right now.
1: tio I want to flip this for a second because in a similar vein, former NBA guys that are coming over <laughs> to coming over to um to coach at the college level. You have Kenny Payne in Louisville. Louisville still hasn't won a game. Lost again to Cincinnati today. Is Kenny Payne already on the hot seat? Is that fair to say? I know he's only in his first year, but I mean. Are you kidding me right now?
2: Uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty brutal, isn't it? And here's the thing, too. I, I, their roster construction is really difficult. Sweeney has been critical. They, they, I, I've heard Sweeney go after Kenny Payne a little bit, just because in the transfer portal there were some guards out there that were available, and they only have one workable guard uh, in L. Ellis at this point. They they signed Fabio Basili as a reclass kid. He's not ready, and this it's a roster with a lot of big dudes and. A lot of potential talent, but potential doesn't necessarily mean production. Like Huntley Hatfield was a really good player out of high school with a lot of potential. Hasn't been production yet. Uh, Jalen Withers had a good freshman year on a bad Louisville team, and and now they're trying to play him out on the wing. I'm not really sure that fits. Uh, I want to say be patient. However, here's my only issue. I don't know what their goal is on either side of the ball. What are they trying? trying to do are they trying to get the ball into the big fella Sidney Curry who's had success are they trying to work through the perimeter let LLs come off ball screens and be a score I don't know what their goal is and if there's a direction if there's something in that manner you know we'll see but it it takes time like he inherited a bit of a mess you gotta you gotta fix your roster there's a lot there that needs to be fixed uh that being said I would like to see a little direction but we're on this side of the aisle, not that side of the aisle. They're probably trying. It's just a position wise. They're really struggling right now.
1: When I watch Louisville, it reminds me of an AAU team that is showing up on Sunday of an, just a team that has no idea. There's no flow. There's no identity. It's almost like everyone's playing one on one ball, and that's not a formula for success. So to your point they're probably trying. There's a lot. We don't know that. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but it's a hot mess right now. And it's just AAU ball to me.
2: What oh. I, I'll, I'll give him credit. They're, they're getting stomped by some of these teams and he's still up coaching them. Mm-hmm. So like he, he, there, he is trying to establish some sort of culture. Uh, we've seen that, he, you know, he worked with Calipari for a long time, the Calipari offense isn't going great. Uh, there's been a lot of criticism that way too. So you have to, find some way to facilitate some offense where's that going to come from Danny Manning wasn't great at that at Wake Forest uh Nolan Smith has been at Duke where they've had superior talent every year like where are they going to find some offense to or, or at least a direction that that's kind of the confusing thing a whole of, of the whole bit but that being said a bunch of big dudes roster needs to be better and then you could probably do something different it's going to be uncomfortable spring. I mean, regardless of whether they steal
3: three ACC games or not, right? Like, it's not going to be fun. Uh, I, I just think that the one thing that that I will point out, and again, I get the roster construction stuff and that's stuff that he can fix and will have to fix next offseason because it can't change now. The one thing that stands out with this team that they, they could do better is as soon as the winds change in the game, as soon as there's anything it feels like that goes wrong against them, the the whole stack of damos goes flying down. I mean it they, they give up runs so easily because again I do think kind of is held on by a thread, but I just I just want to see some toughness and some fight. And again some pride, right? Like this is a proud program. This is a program where you come and you expect to not just make the NCAA tournament but win while you're there and go deep. And I just I just think like there needs to be some pride that this is the start of something, right? And it may it may be a team that is remembered for losing a ton of games. But Show me some grit. Show me some fight. You're long. You're athletic. You're you're big. You're bigger and more physical than a lot of the teams you played. Use that and do something to to prove that you like are, are ready to compete. Even if you're maybe undermanned, you don't have the shooting. You don't have the the, the skill level.
2: It's crazy. Like Sidney Curry is known as one of the tough guys in that league. Like, he is one of the tough guys, but he's so frustrated on the offensive end, it's fl- fluttered off or to the defensive end. Like, he is that tough guy, but everybody seems frustrated with the lack of direction. I think that's the big thing, too. And it and it all correlates, right? When it rains, it pours. Offense goes bad, then defense goes bad, and then they're just kind of letting it roll downhill. And it's tough. It's tough. So th- that direction needs to come from Kenny Payne.
1: One last thing before I let you both go. Uh, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Which player in college basketball are you most thankful to watch right now?
2: Go Sweeney. I need a second. Uh,
3: That's a really hard question. I would say.
1: I can go first. Go ahead. Go go ahead. ahead.
3: Give it a go.
1: I'm going to go Grady Dick from Kansas. Uh, He's been a joy to watch so far. I love the way he just breaks off in transition. He finishes hard when he dunks. He can move well in space. He's a great shooter. I think he's got a high trajectory. Grady Dick, I'm very thankful to watch you in college basketball this year.
3: So anyway, maybe it's a boring an- maybe it's a boring answer, but I'll never not love the joy that Oscar Shibway plays with. I got the chance to write about him last last March, and like the the genuine appreciation he has to play at Kentucky and to play on this stage and have the platform he has. It, it it is palpable when you watch him play, and it's even more palpable when you talk to him. And I just think it, it's special to watch kids like that, and all of his success, all of the. Money he has made, all the the stardom he has earned, it, it, it's all because of his work ethic and the combination of the work ethic and the fun that he has on the court. I just love watching him, and I always will.
2: I'm gonna go Homer. I'm gonna go Homer because it was the last yeah. game that I called. Chase Hunter is now healthy and he has been really, really good, averaging <laughs> over 19 points a game. Five and he's his assist to turnover ratio is insane. He's really good. I'm not sure how good that Clemson team is going to be uh, as far as make the tournament doesn't look great, but at the same time, like it, he's really talented. I'm thankful for him to be able to be healthy. I think that's a big thing. So there you go. There's my answer. Homer answer, Homer answer.
1: We'll take it. We'll allow you to have it. All right. It's going to wrap it up for us. If you want to look at any of our merch, be sure to check it out at field of 68.shop. Gentlemen, great having you this evening. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving and we will see you all soon.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about